Hey guys, Mike here uh, from At The Diner. I wanted to give you a quick content warning about this episode. Uh, we do talk about celebrity deaths. We talk about suicide. Um, so I just wanted to give everybody a warning in case this was a sensitive subject that maybe this isn't the episode for you. Feel free to listen to any of the other podcasts that we have, but hope all is well. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Be courageous. Black alert. This is called we a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek. Refuge, refuge. Great geek, great geek. Refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Like, uh, uh, action news. And now, your host, Mike Luxford. I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Add a Diner the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. I am also one of the fabulous hosts of this particular podcast. But I'm not alone in this venture. I also have Mr. MC Brooks, and I have Mr. James Rambo joining me on the airwaves as well. Uh, fellas, what's cool is that we have people that listen to our podcast who want to be involved in some way, shape, or form. They hear something, they read something, they're like, you know what, I think Mike and MC would really, 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 really enjoy this. Um, and I want to pull that tweet up right now because it is, it's on point. It really, it really is. I think this is something that we can delve into um, a great deal. Of course, my Twitter is not responding, so I'm taking forever to do this. <laughs> Give me just a second here, fellas. I'll cut all this extra bullshit. Um, so here we go. So this is from Jamie Cornish. Jamie is my cousin. He married, well, he married my cousin, so he's my cousin-in-law, but hey, you know, we're all family, whatever. Um, Jamie is a listener of the podcast since the early days. Um, he loves uh, contributing in the group. So Jamie, we appreciate you, man. And you're one of our international fans too. So that makes you that much cooler. Um, he shared this with us on our Twitter, uh, which says you have the power to grant 50 more productive years to an artist of any discipline, writer, musician, painter, etc. Who died too young? Who do you pick? Um, you know, we'll do this in reverse. Rambo, go ahead and kick us off, bud. And then uh, MC and then I'll close us out. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Uh, Terry Pratchett was the person who instantly came to mind. That's that's who I figured you would have brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pratchett had early onset Alzheimer's, um, which you know is is never a a pleasant thing for anyone. But for someone whose career is built on their creativity, is built on their ability to think and conceive of, of characters and new worlds and new ideas, um, is a is a is to some degree a sentence worse than death. Um, it is the kind of slow, menacing monster that any person would be would be terrified to deal with. But for someone like Pratchett is um, it, it's 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 the equivalent of a you know Olympic level athlete learning that they have like a degenerative bone disorder like you won't be able to use your physical body anymore. Um, it's uh, to to the point where he was he he was a, a Brit and um, in Great Britain um, uh, assisted suicide is legal. Uh, it, but you, it's something you have to petition for. Uh, it takes a couple years of um, ther- uh, of psychological evaluations and um, approvals by various doctors. Um, but if you can, you know, uh, if, if your your petitions are signed and and, and granted, then you can actually uh, legally kill yourself. Um, and it just so happened that the Alzheimer's took him before it could happen. Um, but yeah, he, I, I've heard complaints about like a couple of the books that came out, uh, a couple of the last stories that came out in terms of like, oh, well, you could see that, you know, it, he wasn't able to do everything that he wanted to. And, and there are, are particular like narrative flaws here and there, you know, they're not his best work. Um, which like, you know, I, I don't, I don't really grant too much, uh, uh leeway to in terms of like. I, I'm not able to see those things. Are they there? Maybe. Um, but uh, it's not something that, that I noticed. But that is a guy who was definitely going to be writing for the next 30 or 40 years. Um, and to know that, like, we would have gotten a show, like, like Good Omens was great. We would have had both him and Gaiman producing that show if if Terry was if Sir Terry was still alive um, and to know the impact that his work had on me and and, and a lot of other people um, to know that he would have been able to make that much more work and and it, it, it's not as though he was going to yeah I mean, God to have that man be able to to write during the Trump administration, God damn it. Um, it would have been, you know, really wonderful, profound stuff. Um, and we are all lesser for having lost him. So yeah, definitely. Sir Terry Pratchett. Yeah. I just, I, the reason why I, I figured that was where you were going to go is you, you speak so highly of him and he's been on my list of, I need to read some shit by him because of how much you, you speak of him. And like I've had several people do the same thing where they talk about how great a writer is and just the snippets that I've seen. And the guy was super insightful. Like he has that analogy where he talks about boots, where he talks about like how hard it is to be poor. And like the 
I can't even come up with the right words for it, but he talks about like how somebody who's poor will spend $25 on a pair of boots and they'll wear out within a year or two or three or something like that. Right. Like they wear out quickly and you have to keep buying them more. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's expensive being poor basically is what it comes down to. Um, but then like somebody who has money can spend $300 on a really, really, really good pair of boots and they will last them a lifetime. And that's the problem with being poor is that being poor is expensive. And I was like, fuck, that makes a lot of sense. The Sam Vimes theory of economics. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I mean, it's just like on a level, I don't want to call the guy a genius, but I mean like that kind of. Oh no, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that kind of, that kind of. was like, he was an incredible writer uh, and an incredibly thoughtful guy. Yeah. I just, I, I think that that's, I'm I'm glad that that's where you went and you weren't just like uh I don't know um Marilyn Monroe she was pretty like you know like I knew you wouldn't but like yeah I knew that this would be a deep insightful um look at this so um Mr Brooks what say you okay so uh I before I give my answer I do have two on my honorary mentions are both okay. are Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix. Because I've really, you know, they're both part of that, uh, the 27 Club, as is, as is called. And I just, from a musician's perspective, would have just loved to see how they aged in terms of what they what they created in the, in the short span that they were part of the industry. But also, like, how that transitions as they were getting older and, you know, as technology and everything would have um, increased and 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 you know kind of seeing the landscape of where music is now and just being really curious how they would have fit into it over 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 the years um i really would have would have uh, really would have liked to have seen that um but my 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 actual answer is um a man whose death anniversary was just yesterday and that's chadwick boseman yeah because I mean, you know, many of us, uh, uh, many people didn't, you know, didn't really know his name before he made his debut in Civil War um, five years ago. But I mean, played Jackie Robinson, he played Thurgood Marshall, he played James Brown. Even before acting, he was um, a, a writer and director for theater, um, and actually won a, a fellowship. And, and got nominated for a Jeff Award for um, this one play called Deep as Azure, I think it's called. Um, but you could just tell that, you know, even though he didn't look a, a day over 30, um, even at 41 or uh, yeah, 41 or 42 years old, he was um, really on kind of the upstart of like where his career was going, having played a ton of legends having been the face of a movement like Black Panther that, you know, we'd never really seen before because I mean, and you guys, I'm sure you guys remember, like that was a, like a cultural movement, like just everything surrounding the release. And then ultimately the aftermath, I mean, that movie was still in theaters (laughs) when infinity war came out, Yeah, which is, which is, which is crazy. Um, And, and, you know, just, you know, hearing hearing him tell stories about you know him visiting, uh, like I, th- I think about when he was on he he did that interview um, where he spoke about um, this kid who he was visiting in the hospital while they were filming Black Panther and 
you know, him like really breaking down because, you know, that kid was, uh, you know, unfortunately didn't make it long enough to see the movie when it when it came out. Um, but like he was just someone that you you knew he he like 1000 percent cared about the craft, about the, the people and never wanted to cheat anyone when it came to making sure he did something great. I mean, I gave him his props earlier for his his voice performance in, in last in um episode two of What If, because it was pretty, pretty fantastic. And, you know, nothing but great things have been said about him. And, you know, I just I, I'm really curious what the next 50 years of him would have been like, you know, both as part of the MCU, you know, uh, portraying this very important, you know, prominent character. And then what he would have done outside of that, whether he would have gone back into gotten back into the directing game and started to direct uh, uh, direct and, and help bring projects to life. You know, as he kind of moved from just being in front of the screen, which we we know he loved. Um, but yeah, that's that's my answer. I, I you know, uh, it's 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 the it's, it's probably the the one what if I'll be thinking about, especially as the MCU continues to grow, and you know, other people are are going to you know join in and become part of this franchise, and you know, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna keep getting bigger and, and getting new fans in, and just wondering like. What could have been if if he had been around to continue playing this character? You know, what could have been for because you know there, I personally think there's a, a renaissance for a ton of black media coming in the next couple of years. I mean, the black comic book uh, revolution is kind of happening right now, especially at the indie level, and some of those are being are being greenlit for TV and movies now. And I can't help but think, you know, it would be great if Chad were to be able to be part of that when of helping to bring some of those to life uh, um, in the future. So yeah, that's a, uh, that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think we all, we all felt that um, to a certain degree for sure. But I mean, like you said, it, it was a cultural movement. It was something that you got to see on a level that was unique because it was, it was so important to, the black community to see a superhero, not just a superhero, but an entire nation of badasses. And it was, yeah, it was, it was just phenomenal. And like he, it made me feel bad. And actually that ties in perfectly with the people that I have. It made me feel bad that I didn't know more about the guy when he passed away. And I found out about him because he passed away. And I found out about these great roles that he had and these things that he did. And it kind of sucks. It was like, great. I, I'm appreciating him now that he's gone. And that was kind of shitty. Um, in a way, but, um, honorable mentions as well. Yeah. Kurt Cobain. I always wondered as a kid, like where would Nirvana have existed? What would he have done with his career that he had not died when he did? Um, it always makes me wonder. It always makes me wonder, especially with, with, um, artists that are, that are so prolific. If like, it's part of them being in this strata that we put them in part partly because we only got a small sample size. And I wonder if that's just human nature. Um, but like with, with Kurt Cobain for one, I definitely would love to have seen what else he had to offer because I think he was a voice that was before his time. Um, the one that's personal for me is Tom Petty and he's another honorable mention because the more and more and more I listened to him and the more I learned about him, um, I did an episode of uh, Stop Me If You Heard This About Him. I swear to God, this is not self-serving. Um, 
But I did an episode about, stop me if you heard this, about Tom Petty, and it made me depressed finding out that he was no I mean, I knew he was no longer with us. He had already died. But like all of the things that I learned about his career, about how he, about who he was as a person, it was just reinforced by the fact that he was no longer with us. And that really bumped me out. Um, but just a, a great human being across the board, great things in support of others and support of music and support of inspiring others. But the two that got me and it was really, really hard to choose which one. So I'm going to I'm essentially going to break the rules here and do two people. So essentially 25 years from both of them is, I guess, fair. Um, it was a tie between uh, Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain. Robin Williams. And here's where the guilt sets in just a little bit. I remember later in Robin Williams career watching things where he was trying to be funny. And I was like, man, this guy has lost his edge. He's not funny anymore. Um, you know, he's getting older, uh, those sorts of things. Um as after he passed, we learned more about him and we learned what it was that he had that eventually is what killed him was that he had a, de a degenerative form of um, uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to find exactly what it was. Um, I'm looking for it right now. But um, yeah, Louis Body Dementia Association. Um, so. What what Louis body dementia is is like. Let me. I'm gonna read it directly from Wikipedia. Um, it's it's basically like a common. Louis body dementias are two similar and common subtypes of dementia. Dementia with Louis bodies and Parkinson's disease dementia. Both are characterized by changes in thinking, movement, behavior, and mood. These two conditions have similar features and may have similar causes and are believed to belong on the spectrum of Lewy body's disease. I want you to just think about that for just a second. A man whose career was built on him thinking faster than anybody else, um, coming up with things to say at a moment's notice, his movement, he was frenetic. He was like always on the move. He was always doing something. And like, that's what made him so unique and so different and so amazing. But behavior, like, he was he was always in a good mood, it seemed like, every time you saw him. And, like, those things, to take that away from him, that's who he was. And it just, it made me so sad to find out about that, especially, too, because we saw it. We literally saw it as he got older that that was what was happening. He was no longer the same person that he was. But it wasn't because he was getting older. It was because of this awful disease. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And what made it worse not worse, but like the silver lining to it is hearing all of these stories about Robin Williams after the fact of how incredibly kind he was, about how incredibly like he, he defended young children. Like uh, there's a story about him on uh, the set of Jumanji where they needed to finish a scene where it was raining and the kids had been working for eight hours and the directors and producers were trying to get the parents to approve 30 minutes of overtime so they could finish this scene. And Robin Williams standing up and saying, no, we're going home. We're not doing this. This is not happening. You're not forcing these kids to work any longer. And like, that's how much he cared. These actors and actresses that he worked with when they were very, very young all talk about him like he was just this amazing presence that would do whatever he could to make them smile and laugh. That like Mara Wilson talks about Whenever he would talk to her, he would bend down on one knee to talk to her, to be on her level, like an understanding of children that most people just don't get. And like the guy just understood. 
um, there's a story about him that um, there was some um, pen pal program where it was like, hey, write a letter to Robin Williams and Robin Williams to write it back to you and that sort of thing. And this kid had won that sweepstakes and he got to meet him in person. And Robin Williams had the kid's letter in his jacket just just in case, just in case he happened to meet him. Like, this is the kind of person that he was. Um, he talks about, um, and I'm recounting all these stories just so you guys know these things that I saw and these things that made such an impact on me. When Steven Spielberg was filming um, Schindler's List, this is a really powerful, intense movie, especially for somebody like Spielberg, who's Jewish, to, to create, and it was draining on him. So Robin Williams would call him once a week and they would have weekly conversations and he would just do he would just do shtick. He would just do whatever he could to make Spielberg laugh. And like literally that helped keep him sane. And like, oh, oh, dude, not just Spielberg. Yeah. You put him on speakerphone. No shit. For everyone to hear. <laughs> so that he could cheer up the entire cast and crew. That's that's who this guy was, you know, and like. It blows me away to think that there were people that had ugly sentiment when he passed about, oh, well, he he committed suicide. And I, and I, I slipped up earlier and I mentioned the word suicide. And the reason why I'm bringing this back is to, to, is to tell a story because the second person that's on here, quote unquote, committed suicide too. But like, if your first knee-jerk reaction is to shit on somebody because, oh, well, this is selfish and this is selfish because they committed suicide and how dare they and they're going to hell, you're a horrible, horrible person if that is the first reaction you have. Because here's another thing. Normally this comes from a religious dogma standpoint of a lot of Catholics believe that this is the greatest sin you can do is take away the gift of life that God gave you. Um, the Catholic Church has identified that people who suffer from mental uh health issues and commit suicide because of them did not commit suicide. The disease is what killed them. So go ahead and go fuck yourself as hard as you possibly can. If that's your sentiment, you're a piece of shit. If that's what you think, these people suffered. And especially Robin Williams had everything that defined him stripped from him. And that's all he had left. Like he literally was like, I don't know how I can live any longer. And that's why he ended up committing suicide. And that's just sad. And that ties in with my second person too. So Robin Williams, for sure, like just so much po positive that he did in the world, so much that he did to help others, to help anybody that he possibly could. He got accused of ripping off other comedians material on a regular basis. And the reason, the justification that many people came up with was that he was just a sponge. And because he was so frenetic in the way that he thought and the way that he did things, that he would just recite shit that he had heard and just repeat it back like a parrot. He felt bad about this and would literally pay those comedians that he took their material. He would, I'm sorry that I took your stuff, man. I was just on a rant. Here you go. Here's a whole bunch of money. And we're not talking about like, hey, here's 20 bucks. Like he gave them lots of money. That's incredibly thoughtful. He didn't have to do that. He's Robin Williams. But he did because it was the right thing to do. And like, I just think that if this guy had got to continue to do his thing and be who he was, that he would have just continued to show the world how amazing a person he was. The other one um, is Anthony Bourdain, also a, a victim of suicide, but because he had severe mental health issues. And the reason why Bourdain I saved for last is Bourdain inspired me in a way that I can't even really define. Because I've always wished that I could be a chef. Like, I just, you know, I can 
cook some stuff, you know, but that's not a chef, man. He turned this into an art form. But also in doing this, he became bigger than just a chef. He became a celebrity, but not because of how good a chef he was. It was partially because of that. But also this guy gave zero fucks about who he offended in the sense that like he was going to call out people of power. He was going to call them out and say, you did this and this is wrong. He was, it wasn't going to politicians. It wasn't going to just be actors. It wasn't going to just be real estate moguls who ended up becoming politicians and fucking over New York and New Jersey before he did it. Like he was going to call you out for what you did and what and how you wronged humanity. But not only that, he was going to find the good on his shows that he had. He traveled the world and he showed you, hey, this is a beautiful place. You should try their food. You should honor their culture. Like he did this thing to show you that this world was a beautiful place, but also called out the powerful and said, hey, quit fucking this beautiful place up for us. And like I aspire to be like him in the sense that the, the, he was fearless, man. He did not give a fuck who he offended. But because of that, it, it took him to amazing places and he felt like he didn't earn it. At one point, he talked about his life. He had a daughter. He had a beautiful wife. He said, I sometimes feel like I stole a really, really expensive car. That's my life. I stole an expensive car and I'm driving away and the police are behind me. And it's just a matter of time before they catch up to me. He knew that. He he felt that all, all the time. Like you want to talk about imposter syndrome? Fucking Anthony Bourdain felt imposter syndrome. But then additionally, too, like he talks about the toxic culture that was the food industry. He talks about how chefs are expected to work tirelessly and they scream at each other and they yell at each other. And it's just this like misogynistic industry and like how he was trying to change that. Like he called out, um, he was calling out, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, fuck. Um, uh, Epstein, 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 Epstein. Sorry, yeah. not Gordon, not Gordon Ramsay. He was calling out Jeffrey Epstein before the Jeffrey Epstein thing happened. Because of the things that happened, uh, things that happened with his uh, wife, Asia Argento, he called out um, Harvey Weinstein. Like he was calling these people out before it was a thing. Like, and 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 his loss was, I could, I physically felt it, and it just it sucks to see these people that you see as so strong have to battle the same demons that we all do. It makes them human in a way, in a sad, in a very very sad way. But like also a reminder that we all have to fight these battles. So, yeah, those those are my two. Um, I think that if Bourdain was still around, he would be a, a voice of justified anger. When you're pissed off at something, he would be the one that reminds you of why you should be pissed off. Sometimes we feel it and we don't know why. He would be that one. But on the flip side, you would have Robin Williams reminding you that things are going to be OK, that like sometimes the most important thing you can do is make somebody laugh and show people that you care. And goddamn, did both of these guys do that in their own ways. Yeah, man. Yeah. So <sighs> hope you guys are in a good place right now. Uh, <laughs> sorry to bum everybody out, but like it's, it's one of those things that like, I, I feel that we need to learn these lessons from these people who were so important to us and that we need to try to carry on their spirit. And in a much, much lesser, I am not saying that GGR is anywhere on par with these, these amazing people that we mentioned, but like it inspired, it inspires me to want to do better. 
they inspire me to want to like Bourdain inspired me to be a better writer. Robin Williams inspires me to be a better person, you know? Um, Chadwick Boseman inspires us all, I think, because of how selfless he was and how not only that, he never once brought up that he was sick. And I think that they really shown that through in that episode of What If about like the spirit. And that's why it was almost like I wouldn't say forgivable. Forgivable is the wrong word. But like why the Thanos shit where we were like I was making fun of it before. But that's how powerful a spirit he had is he could turn a genocidal maniac into you know, a member of his crew. And I think that was a powerful message for sure. Um, Terry Pratchett, like ahead of his time, a genius level uh, understanding of how the world works and like having more time with these people is, is, would have been amazing, but we got, we got, we were blessed to have them for the time that we got them. And I think that that's an important thing to kind of wrap things up on. Um, we appreciate you. We really do. We, we, we talk about this all the time, how cool it is that, that people are listening to our podcast, that people are sharing it, that people are reading our articles. Um, so please keep doing that. Um, reach out to us too. We love hearing from you. We, we love messages. I mean, you can reach out to us on the Facebook uh, group that we have. You can reach out to us uh, on Twitter. You can reach out to us uh, through the website. There's actually a contact us um, spot where it emails directly to the uh, the email links that we have uh, in the website. So feel free to reach out to us with any questions or concerns that you have. Um, if you want to be part of our team, if you want to write, if you want to podcast, we are always looking for people. We are always looking for more people to spread the word to, more importantly, to give people a voice because that's a very important thing. Everybody should be able to feel like their voice is being heard. So if you've got something to say about things that you love, and it doesn't have to be the regular geeky, nerdy stuff. It can be about things like music. It can be things like food. If you're passionate about it, we're all about it. We want to hear about it. So reach out to us if you're interested in joining uh, our crew. There's no commitment. <laughs> There's no, this is not a pyramid scheme. You don't have to buy in or anything like that. Um, you just get to hang out with a bunch of geeky, geeky, nerdy people and talk about the things that you love. So for MC Brooks, for James Rambo, uh, again, my name is Mike Lunsford, and thank you all for joining us. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!